again, you don't want to kick off with a bluesy feeling. Why not? Glory, glory, Man United. Everything just happens so fast. You're like, what, what? Glory, glory, Man United. Well, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, <laughs> glory, glory, Man United. I mean, I just need a second wild card, please, as soon as possible. Glory, glory, Man United. If, if you, you're making me feel bad about my shark. Because <laughs> if, if, <laughs> Glory, glory, Man United. I need to borrow some of your fire blankets, I think, at the moment, because... Glory, glory, Man United. Hopefully, the, the United board see it differently and just give Carrick five-year yeah. <laughs> five deal. Uh, here we go again. On, on the back of that. Carrick's at the wheel. <laughs> glory, glory, Man United. Oh, wow. Reese James has scored. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Glory, glory, Man United. I already don't know the answer, Tom. <laughs> I was so hopeful. Hello, and welcome to the Knee Jerks. The FBL show that fills your ears with piping hot stats and gets your knees ready to jerk with me, Tom, and Mr. Robbie Scott. How are you doing, Robbie? I am bang average, Tom, <laughs> which is... A, uh, it was it was done for me this week because my score was bang on the average this late in the season. It's just... I'm, I'm free-falling, Tom, I'm free-falling. Yeah, so you slipped a couple of places. Yeah, uh, don't, don't... It's really hard to do the league roundup this week because I just don't like to see how low down I am. What about yourself? How are you? Well, I'm really excited still because I did the Match of the Day Challenge. Nice. Tell me more. Yeah, so I managed to ignore every single game, all eight of them on Saturday. Uh, I had to tell quite a few people who, who listened to this, actually, <laughs> to just like, leave me alone for, for all of Saturday. And uh, watched Match of the Day at 10.30 with absolutely no idea of what was going to happen. United Watford comes on first. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, what's going to happen? <laughs> I was, like, genuinely really, like, really nervy and, like, excited. And, yeah, it didn't let me down. <laughs> what an incredible, like, start to Match of the Day. And then everything happened so fast, like... It, it, it's crazy, like, watching Match of the Day when you don't know what's going to happen. Everything just happens so fast. And you're like, what, what? Like that. <laughs> uh, so I definitely recommend it. It was the best football experience I've had for a while. Wow, fair. <laughs> You've seen City live. Or do we not? Do we <laughs> yeah, not but then uh, I, the one game I went to so far this season was the Palace loss. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I think there were a lot of high-scoring games, so it was a really fun game. It made it a good Match of the Day for that as well, but it means we've got a lot to talk about as well. And the knee-jerk this week is someone I think everyone's got in the teams, but not everyone's very happy with. He is the second most highly-owned player in the game this season, um, and the most transferred out this week after a disappointing set of returns. And it's not Ronaldo, it's Antonio, <laughs> with only two attacking returns in his last nine games. That's crazy. It is, isn't it? I wow. mean, that's, that's a long, barren spell. I really didn't realise it was that long. Um, so people have run out of patience... And during that nine-game run, West Ham have scored 13 goals, so he's not really getting involved. He's not got a high goal involvement there, and uh, the goal and assists have all been uh, going to players like Bowen or Fornals. Bowen, obviously, we mentioned last week. And with Man City up next and Chelsea, I think, in the, within the next three for West Ham as well, is it time to get rid of Antonio? Um, or, given that West Ham have shown they can score against anyone, obviously put three past uh, Liverpool recently, and Antonio scored in both games against City last season so is it a knee jerk um, you know he's still playing for an attacking team you know he's probably going to get some chances or is it a shrewd move is now the time I can't blame people for getting rid of him I'm keeping hold for now I think I don't think it's a knee jerk I don't think we can say that <clears throat> considering the last few weeks that he's blanked it seems to be pretty well advised like you say based on fixtures my concern would be bringing him back in for that run from game week 16 if we've all had him since the start of the season we'll be losing out on the on the profits that we've made so on the value we've gained so far 
and then it would be quite a squeeze to get him back, in my opinion. That that game week sixteen, Burnley, Arsenal, Norwich, Southampton, Watford, Palace, Leeds. I know the games are quite close together, and Antonio always has fitness concerns. Although they touch wood, seem to have gone this season. I think he could be returning pretty heftily during that period. Yeah, and the good thing about West Ham, like they don't really change the first eleven, do they? So no. over that Christmas run, you can't do want those players who are free from rotation and if Antonio's fit he will be free from rotation and he's got that great fixture run that you just mentioned so he's yeah I, I probably wouldn't want to get rid just because I kind of want to hang on to him for, for Christmas I, yeah I think can you be both a knee jerk and a shrewd move like I understand it but I personally don't think I can do it at the moment even if he blanks the next three weeks who are people getting in as well like yeah that's true uh, there's not that many alternatives out there I mean, we'll yeah, Dennis, maybe Dennis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- those players, you know, those cheapies, there's quite a few of them. Obviously mentioned Benteke as a blobfish last week. So there are quite a few options if you go cheaper. But for me, that's why it might be a bit of a knee-jerk, because he's got good fixtures coming up, as you say, and there's not that many alternatives. But I'm sure we'll talk about some of those alternatives later on. Uh, we've also got the review of the knee-jerks league first, that I'm going to turn to you in a moment for. Before we review... Last week, looking at the stats test, the eye test, the shopping list, which it's getting hard to kind of change, really, because some players are just so seemingly so essential that they're just staying on the list and, and, unless people have got them. Similarly, the captaincy debate is also getting a little bit one-dimensional, but I think, I think we've got a good angle to present this week when it comes to alternative captains. No, because surely not. I do think that there's quite a, a number of players, if you kind of think about the game in a different way, the kinds of players we haven't really been thinking about before oh, as captains, um, if, we turn, if we turn to them, I think you know that there's a good captaincy debate to be had. Uh, and then, of course, the quiz. Yes. Uh, I'm excited for your captaincy chat, Tom, if you've got some, some good arguments. Uh, to be, I'm sure there are some to be made. Um, it's just hard to look past Salah, isn't it? Yeah. Should we do the league review? Yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> at your peril. Um, much like everything else at the moment, the league is, is sort of forming a, a template, I would say. It's the same names at the top, and unfortunately I'm joining the names more towards the bottom. Template is well and truly forming as well amongst the teams. Uh, everyone's sort of jumping on the bandwagon of the, what are we calling them, the, the holy quadruple? <laughs> yeah. Of uh, those, that, that back four of Cancelo, Chilwell, James and Trent. Yeah. and or Rudiger yeah. squeezed in there uh, and it's done really well for a few people including Fields of Cascella who has stayed at the top this week with the second highest score of the league 83 uh, the first highest score of the league was What's Rup Skip always struggle with the name but <laughs> been practising in the mirror who did get the highest score with 91 which I thought was very impressive uh, who had all four of the of the Holy Quadruple uh, average FM 21 enjoyer down to third. Tom, you're in fourth. I'm in <clears throat> eighth. 75% of the league once again captain Salah, but a couple of 
people to flag the differentials as, as usual. Newly renamed or rebranded Howay the Lads uh, with uh, St Maximan, still clinging on to the new castle glory. Uh, and doing not, well out of it, yeah. Yeah, really well. I mean, it's a cracking game. It was 3 all right, against Brentford. Yeah. Um, so I'm fortunate to not get more points out of that, to be honest, especially because everything seems to go through St Maximan. Kudos also to the One Tonderers, who captained uh, Ronaldo, despite having Salah. So I think, you know, looking down the table, well, he's probably looking up and he's trying to make up a few places by, by choosing a differential captain. Eyes, though. Eyes this week. The time machine, I think. Biscuits has passed it on to uh, one size. One size fits all, who seems to be leapfrogging his way up the table. Oh, yeah. Um, again, I think we mentioned him five or six weeks ago, coming on leaps and bounds there. And, a, again, a strong, strong team. One size fits all kind of demonstrated what we need to do to break the template a few weeks ago. Because remember, there was that holy trinity back then uh, emerging of Lukaku, Ronaldo, and Salah. And that looked like unbreakable at the time. And one size fits all got on Vardy instead of Ronaldo early on, which looked a little bit silly after Ronaldo's performance against Newcastle. But then after that, Vardy scoring every week. Mm. And I think one size fits all was captaining him some of those weeks. So, yeah, looking at the way. Uh, one Tonderers are looking for alternative captains, which we'll talk about later on, because I do think there's some interesting options we can look at, is clearly like the way to go when you see in this template forming. Because it, it does feel a bit stale, doesn't it? And I think, depending on where you are, it kind of determines how much risk you want to take, doesn't it? Like, if you're in the round and about where you want to be, you kind of don't want to take too many risks. You want the risks to be some of the cheaper players... Um, on the fringes of your team whereas I think if you're a bit further back from where you want to be you want to be going out on those captaincy differentials don't you just to like really make up the the ground absolutely and just a final note on one size he brought in Pookie this week and for Jimenez so brought him in to play Southampton and Southampton I thought from from memory, are pretty good defensively, so it was a bit of a bold move, and he, he absolutely reaped the rewards for it. So yeah, like you say, maybe maybe I was accusing the wrong person of having a time machine, <laughs> and like you say, jumped on Vardy early, and now bringing in Pookie, should we all be doing the same? <laughs> yeah, I really like Pookie's goal as well. It was it was one of those <laughs> I imagined that I might try and score because like <laughs> it, it, it really didn't look elegant at all like right. it, it was it was a difficult angle but he had to kind of like it looked like there was so much effort in him putting the header in and yeah um, it pulled it off and yeah it looks uh, like he's shown before in previous seasons hasn't he that he's, he's, he's got the ability to score in the Premier League and go on a run like this so if Dean Smith sort of re-energise the side now might be the time to jump on yeah. someone like Pookie that's a good point yeah so here we go it's um, <laughs> my submarine <laughs> yeah exploring the depths of the stats ocean uh, looking for who's going under the, everyone else's radar because obviously I've got a very powerful radar yeah and this week, the first fish that I noticed uh, springing out of the water was Josh King. So not many people will be looking at Josh King because if you, if you think about that United game, obviously everything was overshadowed by the drama of, of, of United's collapse and 
Uh, maybe we'll come to talk about that in more detail later, but I think I think United players just wanted Solskjaer out. <laughs> they just Jeez. they just they played like they wanted to force the board to to make a decision. Um, so yeah, obviously that overshadowed a lot of Watford's perform- performers. And even then, you know, the main kind of headline Watford players were Dennis. You think he got a higher points return and Saar for missing those penalties, but then scoring a good goal. So Josh King really went under the radar in this game. But since Ranieri brought him back into the side a few weeks ago for their trip to Everton, where he scored that hat trick, you know, he's been the one that's been nailed in the side since. And during that time, which is over the past four game weeks, King has recorded more shots and more big chances than any other forward in the game. So all of those like really pricey forwards that you know we aren't really fancying at the moment, um, Josh King's outperforming them on recent form. And this wasn't even a, a great run of fixtures for Watford either during like this time when he's been really good. You know they played Everton, Southampton, Arsenal, and United. Yeah. So they're, they're not like the easiest games by any means. And Watford's next three fixtures might be a bit tricky. So he's not perhaps someone you jump on straight away. But after you get those three tricky ones out of the way they've then got a really good run I think all the way through to Christmas and it kind of coincides with the opposite kind of fixture trajectory of teams like Newcastle and Wolves they hit some really bad fixtures in, in three week, two, two or three games time so if you've got someone like Huang or you've got someone like St Maximin or, or Wilson you know, King might be the person to turn to because uh, I think he looks really like re-energized, and he's only five point six, so he can make a lot of money. Uh, he's only four percent owned, so he's big differential. Uh, would you be tempted, Josh King? Uh, as always, a stunning pick. Um, he's been on the score sheet quite a few times now, so his name name is leaping out on the old teletext. It's just it's just Watford, isn't it? It's just Watford. I think Ranieri. I've just got such high hopes now after that first game against Liverpool. You were kind of like, oh no, nothing's going to help Watford. But they've just gone from strength to strength since then. Can't take too much from the game against United, even though everyone is. You know, we're all gonna we're all gonna blow it out of proportion. Not only because United looked so bad, but because Watford just absolutely nailed them. But it, it, like you say, it's not just the United game, is it? Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the things that Ranieri seemed to have done is he's kind of told a lot of the players that might have been on the fringes previously that now they've got a chance to come in so you had people like Jao Pedro who I'd never really seen much of or heard of before he came on and scored and like he was one who ripped his top off right and mm. I think and so 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 like you know it really meant a lot to him to get on and score and um and obviously Josh King's come back into the side he wasn't really playing much before because uh, obviously it was D- Dennis that, that had started the season um and yeah I think that competition for places uh yeah, well, I mean, they they do look like the the enjoying playing for him. So, mm. if they do get a good um, bit of momentum going into Christmas over that good run of fixtures, I might be looking at Josh King. Um, so, that was the mullet fish. Um, now onto the uh, shark. So probably the. Yeah. So watch out because this is probably the biggest shark in the game, and we never really talk about him. Um, so he's eating up all the points, but somehow still going under everyone's radar because he's only owned by 4% of teams. So another goal this weekend um, meant that he's now got seven goals this season, second only to Salah. 
and 71 points already, which is more than any mid or forward except for Salah, and it's Sadio Mane. And I just think, like, with, with, with Kane, Vardy, Ronaldo, Lukaku, De Bruyne, etc., all the main expensive assets, you know, you can even mention people like Sterling, um, who obviously no one's going to be picking, all these expensive options are kind of redundant, some of them. Um, some of them just aren't really exciting. Like, the, the, you know, I think Vardy and Kane and Ronaldo will probably, like, um, trickle along with 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 a steady kind of slow trickle of points here and there, but none of them are, sh- are showing you like an alternative captain mm. choice right now. Um, which means we've got a lot of money, I think, to to maybe get someone in who you might not captain, mm-hmm. um, but they're they're doing really well. He's like the second best attacking player in the game right now. So why not get him into our sides? Uh, is it that simple? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see why not. I think he's. Uh, he's being asked to do a different job than usual. Either that or they've realised that he seems to be a little bit off the pace. And he used to be just get past players, put it on a plate for someone else. But it seems like Mane's at the end of all the balls this season. And his finishing is, is probably his worst aspect. But like you say, if, if he's managing to start putting these chances away, then he's almost, yeah, almost essential, to be, to be honest. Especially if he just uh, keeps getting, yeah, getting on the end of the balls. It doesn't. I remember there was one game. Who was it against? Uh, it might have even been United, where he had nine chances or something. As long as one of them goes in, what does it matter? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And obviously, Liverpool are one of the only sides where I think probably this season the only side where you look at the fixture and think they could score four today. That's Matt. Honestly, the Arsenal game. It could have been double figures. Yeah. If if the team had been finishing, I, it's always hard to say, isn't it? Is the goalkeeper putting himself in good positions, or is it just poor finishing? But that, well, every shot seemed to be straight at Ramsdale, mm. and they really, really could have could have scored so many. Like I'd love to know the expected goals. Yeah, and how many games could you say that about for Liverpool this season? It's like yes, yeah, almost yeah. all of them, and I think totally. City and Chelsea aren't really providing us with that. They, they look like kind of efficient machines uh, at times, both City and Chelsea, but they don't have that ridiculous um, ruthlessness in front of goal that yeah. I think Liverpool have. So I would rather have like Mane than, than De Bruyne or, or Lukaku. Yeah. And, and I think, remember, Lukaku wasn't doing that well before he got injured. We were already considering like shipping him. So I think... When you can get cheaper routes into City and Chelsea with people like Foden and, and all of the defenders that we've talked about and we will talk about, then why not find room for money? It'd be a real template buster. Mm. Um, not many people will have him. Obviously, he's only 4% owned, so barely anyone has him. So I think if you if, if you get him in, I think that could be a way to climb up because not many people will do that. Nice. Um, but down at the bottom of the ocean uh, <laughs> with... 0.5% ownership, and nobody's thinking of this guy. This week's blobfish, Dan James. So, I don't know if you saw the Spurs-Leeds game. Uh, obviously, it was a game of two halves. Like Leeds were yeah. brilliant in the first half, and, and then Spurs came out and were brilliant in the second half. Uh, but he, James really looked like the biggest goal threat of all the players in, f- from both sides. And 
he got that goal. Uh, he forced Lloris into a few good saves as well. And over the past four game weeks, you know, looking at recent form again, Salah's the only midfielder that's recorded recorded more shots than James. Um, and half of those have been inside the box as well. So he is like getting into really good scoring positions. And Leeds' next three games are Brighton, Palace, and Brentford, who are all conceding goals. So. Last week's blobfish came off with Benteke, who got a yeah. brace um, against Burnley. So I can attempt you with this one. <laughs> I, I did watch the game. I thought Jack Harrison's ball in for the goal was absolutely incredible. But like you say, he was—he seemed to be everywhere. He was, you know, tracking tracking back, furthest forward at times. Obviously, on the end of that that fantastic uh, fantastic ball in. It, is it too close to price to Raf, Rafinha? That's my only question. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Rafinha because he was inexplicably. Well, they said he was ill, I think, and mm. that's why he didn't make the first team. But we haven't really said anything since. Yeah. And Bielsa's always a bit cagey about this. I don't know if you've noticed. He always says that players are at a certain point in their evolution instead of saying, like, when they're going to come back. I love and that. It's so ambiguous. I, I never <laughs> have a clue what, what it means. So, yeah, there are question marks over Rafinha. Um, and Dan James obviously looked really good in Rafinha's absence. Whether he'll continue to be the main man when Rafinha comes back, I guess, is a bit of a question mark. But, you know, these stats are from games that Rafinha was playing in as well. Right, OK. Um, you know, the last four games, Rafinha has played a few of those. So, you know, uh, there was probably a reason that there was a bit of a clamour from United and Leeds to buy him mm-hmm. um, from Swansea all that time ago. I mean, I never really got convinced uh, during his time at United, but... Yeah, he's looking he's looking the real deal over recent form, so perhaps one to watch on the mid mids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you comfortable? Yes. Okay. What I'd like you to do now is look straight ahead. Blink a little bit. Open up. Your ocular surface looks good. We'll take your intraocular pressure now. But who's passing the eye test this week? <laughs> eye test. Good question. So I'll start off with Sar. I know you mentioned King. Uh, are we going Watford heavy? Just again, like we say, just based off the fact that they absolutely trashed Manchester United. <laughs> it, it wasn't just a routine win. Um, didn't watch the game, but was listening to it on the radio, and they couldn't stop mentioning Sir. Whether it was because he missed a penalty, okay, bad, but hey, maybe that shows that he takes them and could rack us up points in the future. But he was getting fouled. He was. He had so many shots. He was putting it on a plate for everyone. He. He's proved time and time again that, although he's not a hog, but everything goes through him, doesn't it? And it's only a matter of time before those hockey assists turn into actual assists and and the shots turn into goals, in my opinion. Whether or not Watford perform well around that is is really sort of... That really... Saar really depends on that, I think. And like you say, the next few fixtures aren't great, but from what we've seen, from the flashes we've seen, he's, he's showing time and time again that he's class yeah I think he was the main man wasn't he last season that's something that is always what you need to look for with with these teams right you kind of want someone who like you say is going to be like conduit that everything goes through um, and yeah they're not going to be scoring high amounts every week so having that player who it does seem to be at the centre of everything probably is a better shout but I just think maybe 
there's quite a lot of competition for midfield places. Yeah. So that's why you might look at a Dennis or a Josh King because there's not much <laughs> else going up front. Yeah, and, it, yeah, and and you know, Saar's probably going to be assisting or getting assisted by someone. So, um, so yeah, I might be more tempted for one of the forwards, but Saar's definitely electric. Like you know, he's, he's a great player to watch. He just yeah. Speaking of Rafinha earlier, but they're both just they need to be at a bigger club, really, don't they? I think, and I mean that in the nicest way. If you love them, let them go, you know. And it will be an interesting January, I think, if Watford decides to cash in, if if Leeds decide they don't need Rafinha, Bielsa is a little bit erratic. Uh, second best on the eye test is Reg Regwion. Regwilon? Oh, Regwilon? Regwilon. No, oh, I can't even say that. Who, again, you know, we spoke about Trent, we spoke about Chilwell, we spoke about Cancelo being this sort of free-roaming fullback, and we touched on Regwilon, but he had a man-of-the-match performance as, as pulled up by Sky, but he was quite literally, you know, it was for good reason. He was everywhere. He was the sharpest player on the pitch, in my opinion. Reacted well for the goal, um, but also he, you know, he came out afterwards and he just said that he was told by Conte to just attack, attack, and you know, just be there. And I think I read somewhere that he's had in the last few games as many shots as Harry Kane as well. So, which again, sort of complements the the fact that, that they're trying out that really advanced fullback idea. People expected it to be the case with Conte, and it looks like looks like it is. Yeah, he was the most furthest forward uh, of all the players in the game against Everton, yeah. Conte's first game. I haven't checked um, whether he was against Leeds, but obviously he was quick off the mark to get that goal from mm. the free kick. And we know what Conte's all about. Everywhere he's been, he's he's got the most out of fullbacks. And Emerson Royale looks awful. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think we'll be looking at him, mm. but... Um, yeah, Regulon looks like he's really tailor-made for, for that position. It's just whether we can fit him in, isn't it? It's like, there's just so many great oh, so many great fullbacks at the moment. Um, this is the year for fullbacks, isn't it? Yeah. I'm trying to remember last season, it, it, I, maybe we, I just always focus on Salah too much, but yeah, always the, the, the scales tip, don't they? Sometimes the defenders are racking up the points, sometimes there's so many goals conceded you don't even give them a time of day, but... Yeah, you are right. Speaking of defenders, though, and if you're if you're want if you're wanting to jump off the Livramento bandwagon, then look no further than uh, Eight Nuri at Wolves. Uh, he started the last four games, so I'm going to call him semi-nailed, glued to the <laughs> left left wing back position. But he's basically the yeah the the left wing back version of Semedo, slightly under the radar. Um, because of maybe his price, but maybe because also he's only really played these last four. A lot, I know a lot of. He was quite highly owned at the start of the season, uh, but people were quick to get rid of him when they realised he wasn't starting. Picked up a clean sheet and a bonus, despite you know not not really producing too much this week. But that's because he was he, yeah he was he he looks good, and I think if he nails down that left left flank spot for Wolves. Uh, like you say, defence getting a bit heavy, but he's cheap enough to squeeze in, surely. It's a great shout. I mean, one, I'm really glad that you mentioned Wolves, because I think they're, going re- they're just going really under the radar. I think they've had like five wins in the last six games. Uh, they've gone up to six in the league. 
they 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 look really good, but no one's talking about them. Um, and then yeah, secondly, I didn't. I, I, he out nowhere had gone under my radar. I really didn't notice that he was that cheap. So now he's cheaper than uh, Duffy, cheaper than Livermento, and yeah, he plays for a Wolves team that you know have shown that they can get clean sheets. They're they're, they're really solid uh, defensively. Got nine points last week against West Ham. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think it was Marcel that he took the place off, right? So I think Marcel started the season, and it's over the past four weeks that Altnori's come in, and that four weeks has coincided with this great run of form. Yeah. So you would think that he's probably, like you say, got that. Marcel was one of those players that every time he played looked. Honestly, awful. He, I remember that game against Brentford so well because he was just all over the place. He just looked so far out of his depth, but for some reason, just kept starting. And I think it was just because of that one Watford game where he got a couple of assists and a clean sheet and he got loads of points. So uh, I don't know if um, I, I don't know if, if people take fancy into uh, account when they pick their starting eleven. But they finally realised that I don't think Marcel's ready for the Premier League yet. Norwich and Burnley in the next two Wolves games as well. Wow. Him and his captain? Well, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, so, is, is that is that's the three, isn't it? That's the three. Well, they're really good shouts. Unfortunately, I think on the shopping list this week, we've got a few familiar names. So, firstly... He, he was on the shopping list, the shopping list last week, um, but now he's been sort of shunted to the top uh, because I, I just we can't ignore Reese James. <laughs> I just um, I thought about looking for other players that we haven't mentioned much, but there's just no ignoring him. Um, another big return, so twelve points involved what was a fortuitous assist, right? I, I, I think he just passed it to Kante, who then yeah. dribbled past a couple of players and, and, and got put it in the top corner with his left foot, which I don't think anyone saw coming. Um, but in reality, he was really unlucky not to get more. You know, no players, uh, including all the mids and forwards, had more shots uh, or more shots on target than James did um, that day. And... Since coming back into the side in game week nine, he's averaged thirteen point two five points per game, which could, without goes without saying that that's the highest in the league. I mean, that's an insane like amount of points that he's averaging week in week out. So, you know, we we, we can talk about who we might be trying to pluck out of obscurity to get into our teams, but if you haven't got Reese James, I just think you've got to get him. Damn, he's six point one now as well. So in that time, in those last four games, he's gone up by 0.6 that that just makes me more reluctant to get him but that would just be egg on my face by the end of the season won't it I think they're all going to be about 7 and above like right. Cancelo's already up to 6.6 I think and um, Chilwell uh, Trent's going up I think Trent might be 7.7 7.8 mm. now Chilwell hit the bar again didn't he I think yeah and he it, it like you, like you say, <laughs> we were sort of saying, if you've got Chilwell, don't worry about making the swap to James, but it's, you're just going to have to get both now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, that was it. We, we were umming and ahhing about which one to have as part of the Holy Trinity last week. Uh, and then even Rudiger got, like, a massive points haul. So it looks like you've just got to have two of them um, and make it a, a Holy quad, Quadruple, as you said before, a quartet. Oh, and what was I thinking? <laughs> um, 
so second on the list, another familiar name uh, that was on there last week is Jota, because with Firmino still out, um, Jota has just got to stay really high on the shopping list, right? I think, I don't think, you know, we've missed the boat on him. It's not someone who, oh yeah, like last week, I think there was a few people we mentioned because they've got good fixtures coming up, like Callum Wilson. And I think if you haven't got Callum Wilson now, you know, now he goes to Arsenal. Uh, and then after that, he's got a couple of easy games, but then it gets tough. I think last week was the week to get on Callum Wilson. Whereas I think Jota, you know, he his, he had a more difficult game last week. Um, and, you know, now he's going to start up front again. Um, he started as a central striker versus Arsenal and recorded two big chances, which is more than anyone else in the game. Uh, so, yeah, I think... I'm trying to work out a way of getting him into my side. I don't know if you've already got him in. I know you yeah. did an early transfer. He's the. I mean, I just need a second wild card, please, as soon as possible. I, I think he's the only reason that you can't really get Mane in at the moment because you've got Salah and Trent almost nailed, and then you've kind of got this one other Liverpool player that you can squeeze in. Um, that run of fixtures, though, is mad, isn't it? I mean, Southampton at home, and fair enough, Southampton have. They've been mostly hits this season, but they're, they're due a miss. Um, Everton have looked awful. Wolves have looked great, you know. But the, uh, Villa, new manager, Newcastle, Spurs. It, there's a lot of uncertainty there, I think. And you know, even if Liverpool are likely to concede three against Brentford again, or three, you know, three against Villa, maybe they're likely to score three or four. So you've got to you've got to capitalise while you can, and with someone as nailed as Yotta is at the moment, absolutely, Tom. Yeah, I just can't think of a game where I'm not expecting Liverpool to score two or more. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah. it's just uh, like they've had City, they've had Chelsea, um, they've had United. They're the three teams that finished in the top four alongside them last season, and they scored buckets of goals in all of those games. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've scored in every game this season, which I think is pretty mental. Only three of those, four of those were two goals or under. So eight of them have all involved three or more goals is mad. I guess one question mark, right? So Mane is nailed, right, for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. He's so crucial to, to, to the way Liverpool play. Minamino came on and scored. Yeah. Um, Origi's hanging around in the background. I don't know if there are any other more obscure players that I don't know about, but... I don't know if you saw our bench at the weekend. There, no. were, there were six players that I don't think even the most diehard Liverpool fan would have would have recognised. It was all kids. It was all kids. They're so low on players at the moment. Definitely wait until after Champions League this week, because if I doubt Klopp will want to field the under-12s. Yeah, and Jota did actually come off with a knock, right? Yeah, so I think... I think, yeah, there could... Can be asking a lot to play these players so regularly, but it's got to be done at the moment, and it could amount to some injuries. It did last season. You also yeah. missed a couple of. He played a dead rubber Champions League game and was out for three or four months, I think. I guess my question was going to be um, given that there are some other options there who might be claiming, seeing this injury crisis as, as, as an opportunity to stake a claim, people like Minamino and the Ox- Oxide Chamberlain, who played really well could also play in that front well on one of the wings I was going to say does that mean then that Mane might be worth the extra money because he's nailed but you look at how much money that is and it's 4.5 million yeah it's not worth that extra is it really that's a duffy 
That's, that's, a, a <laughs> that's a little memento right there, Tom. So, yeah, now I'm starting to feel um, bad about my shark. So, because I just think, yeah, <laughs> like, if, if you, you're making me feel bad about my shark. Cause <laughs> I if, don't think so. If, if with Jota there, yeah, it's hard to justify getting Mane, really, isn't it? We might have to look somewhere else to get a template breaker. Um, the next person on the shopping list isn't going to be that person. <laughs> um, this is more of a template uh, enabler. I think if you're looking to get someone like Jotter in, uh, you need to make money from somewhere, or you're trying to find that money to pump into your back line to get all of these incredible defenders that we're looking at. I think Billy Gilmore is emerging as the best enabler. Um, I know you were impressed with him as well, but, yeah, just to... I, I, I saw the highlights, and what Dean Smith seems to have done is take him out of that defensive midfielder role and put him into more of a kind of free eight role which means he's getting a bit further forward and got an assist um, and the assist was from a corner and which is obviously another really good thing I think to, to see like a player that you own being on set pieces because it's such a good route into getting points um, in fantasy football so at 4.4 there aren't any cheaper midfielders out there and he does look like he's going to be quite crucial, I'd, I'd, I'd expect, for Dean Smith's um, Norwich side. Those were almost his exact words, I think. He oh, really? said, yeah, yeah, he said we're going to have to really rely on him to stay up this season, which I think speaks volumes for his game time, at least. Um, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Way more advanced. Um, again, I think Dean Smith has come out and said it. I, th- I think we underestimate how important the cheaper players are especially if you don't get on them early, you sort of start having to think about it. But it's a no-brainer at the moment, isn't it, Gilmore? 4. Yeah. 4, do you say cheapest cheapest in the game? That's mad. You can't get a cheaper midfielder. Yeah, I mean, think about um, like how much Livermento has bailed people out. Because we, we've had all sorts of like injury crises over the past few weeks. Um, players inexplicably dropped. Like, you know, Ruben Diaz was dropped uh, this, this week again. Um, players who you think are really nailed, that a lot of people own could get dropped at any moment. You know, we're all kind of jumping on these players like James, Chilwell, Foden, uh, Jota. They're all players that at any given moment yeah. might get a rest uh, because they're not the beating heart of their of their teams, really, as, as good as the form is. So you do need these bench players. And, um, yeah, my, my proper bench fodder at the moment is Douglas Louise, who just seems to be uh, perpetually injured. So... I'd I'd love to get Billy Gilmore in. It's just got more fires to put out. But I think if you are in that position where you're looking to make a bit of money, or you're in that amazing position of still having a wild card, I think Billy Gilmore's uh, someone to to nail into that. Tom, you can't, you can't say you got fires to put out when you're doing as well as you are. I need to borrow some of your fire blankets. I think <laughs> at the moment because I'm just yeah. My God, it's sad times. <laughs> well, I think it's yeah, it's just uh, Jamie Vardy. I need to get rid of really now, but we'll see because he's got a good fixture this week, and that takes us into our discussion on who's your captain. Who is my captain? I can tell you my captain is not going to change until something detrimental happens and Touchwood that doesn't because Mo Salah is in the form of not only his life but pretty much any player of the last 
of the Premier League era's life. It's, it's absolutely incredible, some of his performances. And even when he doesn't play particularly well, like he didn't at the weekend, Mane just puts it on a plate for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he got another goal. He always finds a way. It's just it's becoming like a weekly kind of tribute uh, that we have to pay. And yeah, there's not much more we can say about him, but fresh from their 2-1 defeat to bottom feeders Norwich, it's Southampton that uh, he's going to be up against this week. And yeah, I think you know his goal against Arsenal means that he's delivered at least a goal or assist in each of his last 10 games. There's only been one game so far this season where he hasn't uh, returned like uh, an attacking return and he had a disallowed goal I mention it every time <laughs> he said like and it was a toenail offside like he really should have it's mad yeah I mean the only thing I'm, right so this is where I'm going to try and put forward uh, an, an alternative I'm ready right? for you Tim so Southampton have proven to be quite stubborn mm-hmm. um, so in the game where they went to the Etihad they drew nil nil and uh, they also got a nil-nil against West Ham, who I think we've got to consider as one of the best attacking teams in the league this year as well. Absolutely. Uh, especially in terms of like, goals scored so far. Uh, they've got five clean sheets, so only Liverpool, City and Chelsea have had more than that. Uh-huh. So I'm not saying that they're going to grind out a clean sheet at Anfield. I certainly don't think that. But I actually feel more confident of Southampton keeping Liverpool at bay more than I did Arsenal. Um, and certainly more than I did teams like United, and because I think you know there's there's an onus on teams like Arsenal and, and United etc to to try and pit pit the wits against Liverpool and, and judge where they where they are, um, especially like you know if they if, if like United they've got delusions of grandeur that they're, they're in the title race or something they've really got to kind of go toe to toe with Liverpool, um, whereas I think you know a team like Southampton are in that kind of sweet spot where they're not rubbish enough to be psychologically beaten before they step on the pitch. They know that they've got it in them. They've got the clean sheet away at City, etc. Um, but uh, they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to lose face if they just park the bus. So I, I do think it's the kind of game where they probably won't keep Liverpool out. I fully expect Liverpool to score one or two. Um, but it might not be a thrashing, which brings me on to who could be a potentially alternative captain option this week, which is uh, Trent. Because Trent outscored the, uh, Salah last weekend. Uh, you know, he got two assists. We've talked about all of his attacking threat. Um, you know, he's got eight big chances created this season. Yeah, that's more than anyone else. Um, he's got an XGI, that's expected goal involvement, of 5.77, which is the fifth highest of all players in the league. So including mids and forwards, he's he's expected to have been involved in, in more goals than anyone else apart from four other players. Um, so that's higher than Ronaldo, for example. Um, so, and, and so then you pop on your clean sheet on top of that, and you've got a huge chance that Trent returns more than Salah, right? You know, we saw it last week, not just with Salah, but with Cancelo, with James as well, who they only they only need an assist. Um, to combine with that clean sheet and suddenly you know they're mopping up all the bonus as well um, and they will score higher than Salah Salah's got to score two goals to match that so if you do think it's going to be one or two nil which I think there's a good case to to, to, to think it could be um, Trent getting that kind of goal slash assist plus clean sheet and the bonus means that we should probably take him seriously as a captain choice and I think not many people will go for it 
you know, we've seen Salah in recent weeks um, just get an assist. And, you know, it's it's great. Everyone else captains him, so you kind of all live and die together. We can just kind of forget about the captaincy. Whereas if you've got Trent and he gets, like, 12 like he did this this week, suddenly everyone else has got, you know, 10 from, from, from Salah's assist doubled up. And you've got 24. So it, it'd take a brave person to do it. He's my vice captain at the moment, but... What scenario would it take for you to to think? Yeah, I'm going to take that risk. I don't, I don't know. I took my anti-Salah risk when Chelsea beat Norwich seven 0 and I went for Chilwell. And I remember they played on the Saturday, and I was fist fist pumping, and I was so excited. And you know, bearing in mind I hate Chelsea, I was so happy that Chilwell had got me bagged me mega points. They had done exactly what you said. He kept a clean sheet and scored. And then, of course, Salah goes and scores at three against Man United and proves me so wrong. It's just, it's one of those things, it's high risk, high reward, in my opinion, because, like you say, if we bank on Salah returning in one instance, more so than anything else, do we think that the defenders will get a clean sheet plus or an assist plus or a goal plus? Okay, I'll throw one more thing at you. Go on. In the lead-up to the United game, Salah was on insane form. Okay. Like, so so he um, had scored in all of those previous games leading up to the United game. Um, against City, he'd got a goal and assist. Against Watford, got a goal and assist. Going into that United game, um, and I think as good as a fixture it was for Chelsea, um, and obviously, you know, the logic was, was correct, they won 7-0... Salah, I thought, was always going to hammer United because he was just looking incredible and you just knew that he was going to get space against United. In more recent games against sides that are a bit more defensively kind of minded um, and his form has dipped a little bit. So he just got an assist against Brighton, who, you know, a fairly like disciplined um, side. He got just got an assist against West Ham again, fairly just disciplined side. And it doesn't mean that Liverpool aren't scoring goals. You know, Liverpool scored two against Brighton, three against West Ham, but they had to find other ways to score because you know it's not that kind of end-to-end uh, loads of space for Salah to run into, which is what you're going to get when he plays against City, who are going toe-to-toe with him. It's what you're going to get when you play against Watford, who are all over the place. Mm. Um, it's going to get similar with United. That's not really the, the case with these games against teams that sort of sit back a bit more and force you to kind of pick the lock. Uh, and even against Arsenal, when they did score a lot of goals, like you say, it took Mane to put it on the plate for him. So... There's a case that Trent is on better f- current form. You know, yeah. Trent's got 15 in his last points in his last game, uh, 12 before that. Um, you know, he got 10 a, cu- a couple before that. So I do think there's a case. I yeah. do think there's a case. And I think if you are looking for um, a differential, I think Trent could definitely be one of them. I'll put another similar uh, argument to you now for the for the third captaincy choice that uh, I'm going to make which is Reese James. We've already talked about him quite a lot, and a lot of the similar points stand that I've just made with Trent, so not much more to say. But I do think that you couldn't pick much of a better game than United. And so Chelsea have got United this week, and the reason I say that is just because there are some games where Chelsea are going to rotate Reese James. They've played Juventus tonight, and you know they've, they've, they've got um, like thick, games coming thick and fast now. And... 
it'll be some games like say the Watford game maybe that they think they've got in next midweek where he might get a rest they might think oh well you know we can play as quite in this game he's nailed on to play against United definitely if he's fit he plays against United so we, we, we know that um, and how much are United really going to change they've managed to get a win tonight um, against a, a, an injury plagued Villarreal side um, who you know they managed to beat last time they played them under Ollie anyway you know they, Ronaldo's kind of bailed them out in the Champions League a few times already this season I, I, don't, I don't really I mean hopefully the, the United board see it differently and just give Carrick five year, yeah. <laughs> five year deal <laughs> Here we go again. On, on the back of that Carrick's at the wheel <laughs> but I, I, I don't I don't see the result they've they've got tonight as being evidence of a turning point. I think um, we're going to look at some stats later uh, in the quiz, but it's fair to say we're we're aware of United being a, a very bad defence, mm. and they're coming up against a very good attack. Um, and the most attacking player of that very good attack is Rhys James. Yeah, it's a big risk. Uh, I don't think you'll see barely anyone doing it, but. He's he's like we've mentioned before. He's got a higher points per game ratio than anyone else in the league. Um, he's showing that he's got an amazing goal threat, an amazing assist threat, and Chelsea are looking really solid again now at the back. Mm. Um, I, I really don't expect United to score against them. So I, I think we could be. It's one of those things where I think we're going to talk about this like we did last week and then go yeah but you know we've just got a captain Salah yeah. and then we'll come back next week and I really wouldn't be surprised if we're looking at our teams again just like we are like this week and seeing that you know Cancelo, Chilwell, James and Trent were the highest scoring players again Yeah. Um, and, and, and maybe we'll have to return and say right can we really captain him now? <laughs> <laughs> That, that goes to show how well Salah's playing, though. I guess you know that it, that's it. James, like you say, has outscored Salah in the last three game weeks. What more do we want to see? The double figure, double digit hauls as well, and yet we're still not even looking past him. I know. I mean, one, one of the things that I've always been uh, that's always stopped me from captaining a defender in the past is that the ceiling is is quite low really right Com- compared to like your superstars who you usually captain so whilst a defender in in, in the past um you know who, uh, robertson's a good example of this but i'm trying to think of someone a bit further back someone who combines like the clean sheet and assist potential you know that, that a, a good fullback mm. has historically always done then you're looking at nine points plus bonus um whereas with someone like Salah or you know the legendary captains that he's on that pantheon with like your kind of Aguero your Kane your Suarez etc um, you're thinking they could score three or four mm. there'll be a game where you know Aguero scored four against Tottenham or Suarez scored five against Norwich I think once like, and, and you think I don't want to be missing out on that you know how much you get for a hat-trick from one of those players it's like 20 points yeah. Reese James scored 20 points like just <laughs> just the other day like he, he the, these these defenders that we're talking about now aren't just assists mm. aren't just threatening from assists you know Trent and Reese James and Chilwell I'd say as well uh, and we're going to talk about Cancelo probably in a bit um, they're all goal threats as well so I think we do have to think of them differently. We've got to start thinking of them as like attackers who get clean sheet points. 
And if we're thinking of them as attackers who just happen to get clean sheet points, then why aren't they as good a shout as someone like Salah? They can get, they're just as capable of getting a 20 point return. Yeah, you're not wrong. I guess it's just a matter of time. When they're not being found out either, are they? You know, whereas you can just double double up on Salah, um, and it does make him a lot quieter. Like you say, the West Ham assist was only because he was fouled slash tapped the ball before Trent blasted it in top corner. It's, it, he he can have his quiet games. You're right. He just always seems to get the points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's mad. Um, okay, I'll throw I'll throw a few differentials at you because they were that big conversation was about. You know the hot topic, which is how much can we trust these fullbacks? You know, and if everyone's getting them as well, how are you going to get the most out of them? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe captaincy is the way to go. But obviously, some of these more familiar names uh, might be attracting people's captain's armband this week. So, Aubameyang against Newcastle, okay. uh, Vardy against Watford, Mane, we've already talked about against Southampton, Lukaku, who's on the bench uh, tonight against Juventus, so he could make a return against um, uh, United, and then obviously Son or Kane. So, do any of them tickle your fancy? Uh, Lukaku's an interesting one, isn't it? Old club as well. There's just there's something in the narrative, isn't there, when it comes to uh, well, just anything. Chelsea forwards, they come and then they never score. But then Lukaku versus United, United have looked awful. That that's my standout, actually. I would say I just worry for the rest of the team if he starts again because they they've looked better without him, really. Yeah, he wasn't really doing that well, was he? Mm. Um, I don't know what's the situation is tonight and and, and whether. Um Oh wow, Reese James has scored. <laughs> no, here we go. <laughs> but I don't know what the situation is with Lukaku. I know he's on the bench. I don't know if it'd be good. You know, obviously people are going to hear this later. But if he comes off the bench and gets thirty minutes, but how how much would you need to see of Lukaku to really trust that he's going to get? Yeah, that's true. A yeah. lot against just United. coming back from injury. Yeah, so I th- I do think that Abamyang is someone to consider if you've got him. I think if you if if you've got Aubameyang, you've held on to him this long, you know Newcastle at home can't it can't get much better than that. Um, and Arsenal did look good against Liverpool, right? For about half an hour, they looked good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, um, I, I wouldn't say the goal was against the run of play, but they they deserve more than the scoreline suggested based on the opening few minutes. My sense of what happened in that game was that um, once the first goal did go in, then. Arsenal showed the naivety. They're quite a young team, right? And, you know, Anfield is a bit of a cauldron. You're against, like, you know, one of the best teams in Europe, if not the best team in Europe. You know, you, 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 and, and you've got to play this, um, playing out from the back style that Arteta's drilled into them. And I just think you've got to be so composed and experienced to be able to go somewhere like Anfield and play that way. Um, so I don't think it's too much of a... You know, I don't think it tarnishes Arsenal too much. I think you know I'd expect them to get back into winning ways against Newcastle and um, Aubameyang to be at the heart of that. So I do think he's someone to think of. That just means that we're left with the quiz. Here we go. I'm, go- I'm trying hard not to get excited, but since this new format's come in, where you know it's hard not to fail. Um, oh, sorry, it's hard to fail. Uh, I'm doing really well, Tom. I'm doing really, really well. So uh, a five, a five out of five is is surely not far away, right? 
Um, there's always a few um, tricky ones, though. A few spiders oh, in the Kinder Egg. Um, okay. Spiders in the Kinder Egg. <laughs> wow, I love that. Um, uh, I can't think of any other strange metaphors. Yeah, but is that even one? <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell if you just made that up. Brilliant. <laughs> okay, so question one. Uh, which player recorded the highest number of shots last weekend? Uh, was it Phil Foden, Dan James, or Diogo Jota? I already don't know the answer, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I was so hopeful. Uh, oh, come on. Think back. You watched the games, Robbie. Um, I don't... I don't feel like Yotta had that many shots. Go on then, Phil Foden. Oh! Oh. It's tricky. I think that um, Phil Foden looked like he was a creative hub for City. Like, I think he didn't actually register any assists, but um, he uh, created the play that led to the goals. Right. So I think he had a cross that then kind of bounced back to someone and then Rodri fired it in Mm -hmm. and um, etc., and Jota had those two big chances, if I remember. So, you know, he, he, he did look good. But, but yeah, it was Dan James. So hey. he recorded more shots, like seven, um, and wow. more shots on target, which is four, than any player this weekend. So perhaps not just a blobfish? Yeah. Uh, one to maybe keep an eye on. OK, so question two, um, where we're thinking about targeting the clean sheets. So over the past six game weeks, looking at recent form... Which of these sides has recorded the fewest big chances? So these are the bluntest attacks yeah. that you're really wanting your defenders to be up against. Um, is it Everton, Wolves or Burnley? Everton. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I thought that was going to be harder than it was. <laughs> they just look so bad. Like, there's, it's, it's, I, I don't know what's going on at Everton, but they injuries left, right and centre, aren't they? And it's really breaking up the team. I think Calvert-Lewin's due back soon, but they look toothless Can't be without. soon enough, can it? <laughs> yeah, really can. Go on. Yeah, and obviously Decore and um, yeah. uh, Andre Gomez. You know, Gray's out now as well. Oh, yeah, he for, came off after a few minutes. He's yeah. out for a couple of months. Is it a couple of months? Yeah. God, he can't get a break, can he, Benitez? Um, yeah, well, there we go. So, only Norwich have created fewer big chances than Everton so far this season. Um, and over the past six game weeks, the bottom four... Um, for big fewest big chances are Norwich, Everton, Brighton and Newcastle and the teams that are facing those sides so if you've got some defenders from these teams you might be um, licking your lips yeah. for clean it's sheets not, it's not Chelsea City and Liverpool is it? <laughs> no so it's Arsenal so a lot of people have Ramsdale okay. um, a lot of people have Ben White some people still have Tierney knocking around and I think he should reclaim his spot after um oh. What What's a fall from grace, Tavares. Yeah, he, that's right. Tav- yeah. Tavares. He he was looking really good, and then yeah, just a brain fart at the weekend, and just Salah and Trent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty hard double act yeah, to, yeah, to defend right, against. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you've got an Arsenal defender, you could be looking forward to a clean sheet there. Uh, Brentford play Newcastle. Some people are still hanging on to Brentford defenders. Mm. Um, you know, I think they had a really good start to the season. Obviously, it's the team as a whole have, have really tailed off although Rico Henry has bagged two goals in his last two games so. yeah here I am with a buemo like where, where's my points oh god yeah he's another one I need to another fire to put out I think um, Leeds are playing Brighton uh, I don't think any, anyone will really have any Leeds defenders in there um, and Wolves play Norwich 
which is where we might come back to um, your um, eye test player, Al Nori. Uh, and I know some people, um, like Biscuits has got Saw, hasn't he? In yeah. The net. yeah, yeah, he's had him for a long time as well. Is he a Wolves fan? Yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I do think that he's going under the radar a bit as a keeper option. Mm. Um, and Wolves defenders in general, really. I think we've probably got to talk, start taking them seriously because they're looking really solid. Um, I should say that the bookies' favourites for clean sheets this weekend are, unsurprisingly, City, Chelsea and Liverpool, <laughs> uh, all with a 48% chance of keeping a clean sheet. Really? Um, so, again, kind of, you know, putting it out there for um, the alternative captain choices if you're going to go for a Liverpool, City or Chelsea defender. Um, so, looking at the captain's opposition, I haven't included the... Wing back captain options here. Um, so we're looking at the um, people like Salah, obviously, um, and I've included Abamyang because I think you know people might be considering him. And I know that Kane's picked up a bit of um, you know new ownership recently, so people might be thinking of him. So um, those three face Newcastle, Southampton, and Burnley. Um, which of those sides? has conceded the highest number of big chances so far this season. Uh, I'm going to... Which of the teams facing this week? Main capture? It's Newcastle. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. It is Newcastle, yeah. Yeah, um, and it doesn't look like it's going to change, right? Or really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, well, they scored three? Conceded three? Is that right? <laughs> I do think they're going to look better going forward. I mean, that is what Eddie Howe's got a really good... Um, you know, history of, right? Uh, turning a team like Bournemouth into a really exciting side. I mean, obviously it petered out towards the end, but, you know, he was there for a long time. Mm. That that can happen. Um, but, you know, it, it, for a long time, Bournemouth were, were a really exciting side to watch. And, yeah, Newcastle, 33 big chances conceded so far this season. Haven't kept a single clean sheet. Um, and one of the kind of damning things as well was that in Eddie Howe's first game, I know he wasn't there, um, but I'm, I'm assuming he actually picked the side. Um, we've all been remote working. I'm sure he can do it as well. <laughs> Just on Zoom. I like, <laughs> yeah. I like the you, you know, with one of those like where you drag players into the position on, <laughs> on, on a um, kind of football manager type screen. Uh, okay, well, yeah, he played Shelby and Willock as the midfield too. Which I just think is like a a bad sign for how they're going to be as a defensive unit. I mean, neither of those are defensively no, minded no. players, and uh, committing to Shelby as well. I think from what I've from what I've heard. Yeah, I do worry about not, them keeping clean sheets going forward. He's not the player you want to build a team around either, is he? He's so erratic. He's just yeah. a red card waiting to happen all the time. Yeah. Um, I should say Burnley are also high up. I think Burnley were probably the one that you were also thinking about, right? Yeah. Um, so they're in third place this season with okay. 28 big chances conceded. Um, the same as United, funnily enough, <laughs> who are sort of joint third. Um, and, in fact, you could say the same with Burnley and United, that they've kind of... Definitely Burnley have realised that they're just not as solid defensively as they used to be and so they've kind of thought well if we can't defend we'll attack and they're 
you know, showing that they can score goals now. I think Chris Wood and, and Corney, who we haven't really mentioned, but Corney's on brilliant form and uh, another like mid mid that I think people should be looking out for because he's playing up front um, and he's scoring incredible goals that Burnley would never score before. Yeah, and you know they've got people like Dwight Neal behind who has got a really good eye for a pass. So yeah, I think. Burnley and you know and Newcastle and United <laughs> are all teams that aren't going to keep clean sheets and are, and are probably going to be involved in very attacking games. Um, so yeah, I think good news for Arsenal, uh, Wolves, Spurs, and Chelsea attackers uh, this week because Arsenal play Newcastle, Wolves obviously play Norwich, uh, Spurs go away to Burnley, um, and. You know the way they finished that game against Leeds. You know Kane had a shot on target for once, <laughs> um, so they might actually get something at Burnley. You'd think, and then Chelsea play this United side. So to round that off, Southampton are fairly good. You know they're mid-table. They've conceded 21 big chances. Um, you know compare that to like Newcastle's 33. So they're significantly better there. Um, whether it's going to be good enough to keep. It's because they haven't played Liverpool yet. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. Okay, question four. Um, so, of some of the alternative captains that we mentioned, which of the following players has recorded more big chances so far this season? Okay. Is it Abamyang, Vardy, or Kane? See, I don't want to say Vardy because of his last few weeks, points wise. Because obviously I transferred him in and he stopped scoring, but I do think he is recording big chances. So I'm going to go with Vardy. Ding ding ding! Yes, yeah, <laughs> I was a bit go. worried then you were going the wrong way, but um, but yeah, it's Vardy with eight. So he has gone off the boil, like you said recently. Uh, hasn't got any returns in his last four matches, but I do think we might be writing him off too soon. Hmm. Um, you know, he faces Watford this week. They're a bit of an unknown quantity, really. I don't, I don't know what to expect from Watford. I think, you know, they they had that crazy game where they scored five away at Everton. Um, and then they followed that up with a couple of narrow 1-0 defeats, mm. I think. And, and then they battered United. So, yeah, I'm not really sure what to expect there. And Leicester, likewise, are a bit of a shambles. And they don't have Tielemans. Yeah, 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 good shout. So I do worry about Vardy's service. Um, but nonetheless, you know, they've got a decent run after Watford. They've got Southampton, Villa and Newcastle. So Vardy's still getting those big chances. Wouldn't be surprised if he gets a goal against Watford, really, would you? No, not at all, no. Um, Aubameyang was second in that list with six big chances so far this season and Kane third with five. So oh. not too far down. I mean, if United can score against Watford, anyone can, I think, <laughs> in, in that form. Um, so question five I'm, I'm three out of four so far Tom I might have oh, found yeah. a spider in my kinder egg in the first question oh. yes but uh, I'm still I feel like I picked it up I think this is the big boss this one though oh, this, is a, okay. this is a tough question this is like you've got to the final of the video game you, you've, you're facing like the big boss press A to continue I'm in. yeah um, save bank what you've got so far <laughs> <laughs> um, so continuing the theme of fantastic fullbacks which of the following players has got the best Minutes per chance ratio so far this season. So we're talking about an opportunity to shoot uh, at goal. Um, Is that creating or taking? Taking. Okay. So shots on goal, chances to shoot a goal. 
Um, who's had the most chances per minute? So obviously, Reese James hasn't played for as long as, as some of the others. Don't take that into account. Just who's who's the most attacking per minute? Um, is it of the holy quartet? Cancelo, James, Trent, or Chilwell? Uh, I see. I think. <laughs> I think Cancelo is the standout choice there, despite James's um, James's points haul. I don't think Trent shoots. I, which is leading me towards. Mr. Ben Chilwell. It isn't Chilwell. <laughs> you even gave me a pause to correct myself. <laughs> it was Cancelo. Oh, no. This <laughs> uh, was so it was staring me in the face. He's recorded a chance every 39 minutes this season. Wow. Um, okay. The highest of any defender to have played a significant number of minutes. Um, Chilwell's second. With four, every 41 minutes. Oh, second again. Yeah. Recurring then, theme. Then Trent, every 44 minutes. Oh, okay. Uh, and then James, every 46 minutes. Now, yeah. I should say that all of those are, like, the best. That's insane. And, and, yeah, and, and yeah. they're all really good. Um, but Cancelo's recorded 27 attempts on goal this season, which is more than any other City player. So, um, so he's recorded 27. The next highest City player is Jesus with 20. Wow, on okay. goal. He plays right wing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a couple of caveats. One is that he's played more minutes than any other City player, right. uh, and he's played more minutes than any other other defenders on that list as well. Um, and secondly, that the vast majority of his attempts on goal are outside the box. Okay. Um, but I do think that that doesn't shouldn't worry us too much. From a fantasy perspective, because we talked about last week how Cancelo's shots are producing assists. You know, he, he gets into these spaces where he's having a shot at goal um, and if the keeper parries it or, or it hits a defender, then it ends up at you know someone else's feet and, and you register an assist for that. And, I, you know, some of his chances have been really good as well. I mean, I, I've owned Cancelo for a while now, and I've been watching the City games, and, you know, he gets into the box or just on the edge of the box, and, you know, it's just a whisker wide. So it's, it, he hasn't scored a league goal yet. He's scored a few in the Champions League, um, but I do think a goal's coming for him. Um, James and Chilwell are much higher when it comes to shots inside the box. So I think what we can see with James and Chilwell is that um, in that kind of Conte fashion, they're becoming almost second strikers. Like they're, they're getting right inside the box. When one of them has it on the other wing, the other one's coming right inside the box mm-hmm. uh, to get on the end of, of chances. Whereas I think Trent and Cancelo are like these creators that are kind of operating mm-hmm. a bit further out. Um, and they do arrive. You know, Ch- Trent's obviously got free kicks, and I think Cancelo's got this ability to arrive on the edge of the box at a decent time to have a shot. Um, but they're not quite like queuing up for a tap-in in the way that it seems like Reese James and, and, and Chilwell are. Um, but yeah, Cancelo, the best City's best attacking asset. Um, you know, he's racked up all the assists so far this season, hasn't scored a goal, but it feels like a, a matter of time till he does. And so, I'm excited for that because I've just uh, minus fouled him in. <laughs> so uh, let's hope it's this week. Yeah, it's a tough... We haven't really mentioned City this week um, because they've got West Ham, mm. which is probably going to be a tough game. So 
you wouldn't really think about them in the captaincy debate. Um, and it's not on TV, Tom. Neither yeah. is the Liverpool game. Like I'm all, I'm, I was happy about Chelsea United being on TV because I thought I'd be able to watch United get absolutely hammered again. But I know, but. W- I'm supporting United in that game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really am for for, for 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 a couple of reasons. Firstly, um, obviously Mancunian pride. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> that, that, is, that is not Ooh, a fact. Do you want to watch um, your mouth out? So <laughs> yeah. um, no, I think it would be great to see Chelsea, which who've become a bit of a juggernaut, mm-hmm. um, currently yeah. beating Juventus three 0 Yeah, I know. It's, they, they're starting to look a bit kind of mechanical. In, in, in how efficient of a machine they're just becoming now and I think that's a bit scary for the title race um, I mean I saw the bench that, they, that, they, that they've got tonight against um, against Juventus it's insane right these are some of the players they've got on the bench Kepper, uh, the most expensive goalkeeper in the world um, Alonso, Christensen Lukaku, Werner, Loftus-Cheek Saul won the league with um, Atletico last, last year Barkley, Mount, Aspilicueta and so it's like yeah they're going to be fine during um, during Christmas break aren't they <laughs> yeah. they're just going to walk teams um, so yeah that would be one reason that I'm hoping United can pull something off the second is that they might genuinely give Carrick a contract if, <laughs> if, 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 if he, he's beaten Villarreal tonight uh, if he goes to Stamford Bridge and gets a win you know who's to say uh, so yeah um, 